the scripture. Okay. The scripture reading for today is this is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Um, so I wanted to introduce our speaker for today, Reverend Joseph Chu. Um, we had the privilege of having him join us last week as well. Um, just as a recap, he's currently the head pastor at Christ Community Church, which is up in northern Jersey. Um, and Sam and I have known him for a really long time, and I can honestly say I had no idea he wanted to be a break dancer or a skateboarder. Um, he's had a lot of different uh, random interests, but those are definitely new ones. Maybe he'll showcase some today. But um, please welcome Pastor Joe Chu. Uh, I saw in the bulletin that uh, this next month is your 15-year church anniversary, and I just want to congratulate you uh, that's kind of a huge deal, and I'm very uh, impressed with your ministry uh, throughout the years, and very honored to come and give the message two Sundays in a row. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we'll start with uh, two of the questions from the catechism. Uh, question number 43. <clears throat> what are the sacraments or ordinances? And then question number 46. What is the Lord's Supper? Uh, I want to encourage you to uh, ask your neighbor and answer the question, who do you commune with? Can you do that to your neighbor, with your neighbor? Who do you commune with? Well, I'll give you a minute to actually answer the question. Yeah. Who do you commune with? All right. So one of the dictionary definitions of commune, it's kind of obvious, it's to receive communion. But I have a feeling when you answered that question, it went beyond Sunday communion at church. And the larger question is, who do you eat with? Who do you do life with? Uh, As some people say, who do you run with? You know, there's... um, our landscape has changed with mega churches throughout our country, throughout Asia, throughout the world. But I think the greatest drawback of the mega church is you can go to a huge auditorium with thousands of people, you can listen to the best preacher, 
If you miss service, you can catch it online. And you can go and go back home and never really build relationship. You can become a spectator Christian. You can become a pew sitter. You can go through church without actually interacting with a single other Christian. And I think that's the biggest drawback of the megachurch and the online church movement. As I preach about communion, I want to focus on this aspect of who do you commune with? Who do you take communion with? Do you have brothers and sisters that you come to church, you're part of the body, you get nourished by Christ together, and you do life together? The passage from Ezekiel taught us, um, Ecclesiastes, I'm sorry, the passage from Ecclesiastes taught us, if you are in relationship, you will be more productive. After falling, you will be able to get back up and persevere. You will be surrounded with warmth. You will have strength and protection. So in this passage, um, there's a, I love the way King James uh, Version calls it a threefold cord um, that cannot easily be broken. I just want to read what a commentary says about that. Threefold cord, proverbial for a combination of many. Three was for the Israelite, the typical number for completeness and perfection. Also a reference to the doctrine of the three persons in the unity of the Godhead, the Trinity to the union of faith, hope, and love in the Christian life, to the Christian's body, soul, and spirit, which are consecrated as the temple of the Most High. So three means more than just three. It means complete. It means many. It means full. So I want to go back to that question. Who do you commune with? Who's got your back? Who's your home base, your tribe, your spiritual comrades? Uh, Just a few nights ago, I was having dinner with a friend. He's probably around five years older than me. Um, And uh, I don't know if this is recording, so I won't go into details of his hardships. (laughs) But um, he was just going through a lot in life. Our dinner... Went so late, the restaurant was closing. We went outside, we're talking on the patio seats. And it was probably like 9.30 or 10. And then he saw like his old friends, these like five or six Asian guys in their lower 50s. They all looked like they worked in finance. I don't know them. That was probably the only time they could get together. Obviously, they, they were going to go out drinking together. And they're just looking for a place that's open. They're like, oh, this place is closed. And one of them had a t-shirt that said, like, I love Jesus. (laughs) And my friend's like, oh, this is Pastor Joe. I just had to say that because of your t-shirt. And a part of me felt jealous. I felt like, wow, these guys obviously, excuse me for using a secular term, judge me for watching secular movies, but obviously that's their wolf pack. (laughs) Ow. Like, obviously, these are the guys that get together, share life, 
vent about their problems, help each other out, and get through life together. They have their wolf pack. And I think the greatest tragedy of our lives today is loneliness. You know, uh, I used to tell people that I've mastered loneliness. I've mastered loneliness. Um, Back in the 90s, uh, there was a great... Back then, we listened to the CDs, remember? And uh, one of the great CDs in the late 90s was Michael W. Smith, Change Your World. And one of the tracks was um, Somebody Love Me. And we, we called... It was called The Loser Song. <laughs> and I'll just read some of the lyrics. Somebody love me, come and carry me away. Somebody need me to be the blue in their gray. Somebody want me the way I've always dreamed it could be. Won't somebody love me? Love me. Oh, was that too serious? Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, Sam and I were in college together, and I don't know if he remembers this, but between classes, I, I came home to my apartment. I lied down on my futon. I had the boom box back in the 90s right over my bed, And I just played the whole CD, and I didn't know it, but my roommate Jeff snuck in and out. I must have fallen asleep. And I guess he came in when the Loser song was on. And this was before social media. This was before uh, cell phones and internet, and well, internet uh, where it is now. But, man, in the Asian-American Christian community, news traveled faster than Twitter, I got up to go to class, and all these Asian-American Christians in my bubble of fellowship were like, Joe, are you okay? (laughs) No, really, Joe, like, what's going on, man? Are you okay? And after a while, finally they told me, Jeff told us you were crying in bed (laughs) listening to the loser song. And they were like, Joe, are you okay? And I guess what made it was so funny, what made it so funny was, I don't know, maybe there was some truth to it. Like if it was totally remotely not true, it wouldn't be funny at all, but maybe like many other college students without a girlfriend, maybe there was some truth to it that I was struggling with loneliness. You would think that Everyone in life would choose relationship, community, intimacy. But people in life purposefully turn away from those very things. And probably many of you have purposefully turned away from those very things. People who live in community quickly get disillusioned with community. Uh, Henry Nouwen said, community is the place where the person you least want to live with always lives. What do you do when you're disillusioned with your community, your church, your small group? your coworkers, your family, your kids, your spouse. The grass is not greener on the other side. That is a very immature way of thinking. If you 
<clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, no. <clears throat> Uh, I was very impressed. Um, uh, Jenny Byun told me that she's worked for her company for, what is it, 13, 13 years? Thir- Amazing, yeah. I, know if, I mean, some of you have worked for your companies for like over 10 years, and that's, that says a lot about your character. If you're the type of person who hopped around many different jobs, and you always say, my boss was crazy, my coworkers were crazy, um, God sent me here today to tell you, you're the one who's crazy. <laughs> uh, if you hopped around many different churches and ministries and you say that uh, all of my pastors were crazy, the leaders were crazy, the people in my small group were crazy, God sent me here to tell you, you're the one who's crazy. If you have sadly hopped around many different social circles and friendship groups and you always say, those people are crazy. Yeah, they were my friends, but they're the crazy ones. God sent me here to tell you that you're the one who's really crazy. Okay, in honesty, maybe they really were crazy, but we need to be realistic with other sinful and finite human beings, that, that theology they call the total depravity of man, that's not something we need to defend. It's a reality. And we need to be realistic with our expectations from other people. It's like a marriage. You take the good with the bad for better or for worse. Um, Aristotle said, without friendship, no one would choose to live even if they had all other good things in life. Uh, More important than Aristotle, in Genesis, God creates Adam. Before there was sin, Adam was like the perfect man, right? That's why people name their sons Adam. You're like the perfect man. And he was in perfect relationship and communion and intimacy with God, and this is, a, this is pretty fascinating. For everything God created, there was a statement that said, and it was good. Then God creates Adam, and soon after creating the first human being in Genesis 2.18, he doesn't say, and it was good. He says, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. Uh, You probably heard uh, Blaise Pascal's God-shaped vacuum. If you Google it, actually, he didn't really say it, but we call it Blaise Pascal's God-shaped vacuum. I'll read it. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator made known through Jesus. There's a God-shaped emptiness and hunger and vacuum in our hearts that only God can fill. But Genesis is telling us, you know what? God created us also with a human-shaped vacuum. He said it's not good for the man to be alone. And he created the man, Adam, to be in relationship and to be in community and only that would complete him and make him full. 
and in a sense perfect. Uh, My wife and I lived in California uh, for three and a half years, and we lived in uh, Alameda County, and um, there's something called the Alameda County Study, and it's the most thorough research project on relationships. Um, It was run by Harvard, and they tracked the lives of 7,000 people over nine years. This is a massive study. And they found that people who are isolated are three times more likely to die than people with strong relationships. People who had terrible health habits like smoking, poor eating, obesity, and alcohol abuse. Okay, don't look around. Okay, just kidding. (laughs) But they had strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people with great health habits, but they were isolated. And the Harvard researcher Robert Putnam said this, um, if you belong to no groups but decide to join one, you cut your risk of dying over the next three years in half. You know, I said many uh, positive things about your church. Uh, It's easy to criticize when you're a guest. When I saw the list of small groups, I was thinking, I thought it would be longer. Sorry, was that, did I touch a nerve? <laughs> I mean, logistically speaking, a, a Sunday gathering this size, I thought, I thought the small group list would be at least twice as big, maybe even three times as big. And God sent me here to tell you today If you're not in a small group and you join one, you will cut the risk of dying (laughs) over the next year in half. It's true. There was another study by JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association. Uh, 276 volunteers were infected with the virus that gave them the common cold. People with strong emotional connections did four times better fighting off the illness than those who were isolated. So God created Adam and he said, he didn't say it was good. He said, it is not good for the man to be alone. We are social animals. We were built for relationship and community. And if you do not fulfill those needs you will not function properly. You would think that being part of a community would cause more stress and anxiety in your life. All the drama, all the depravity, all the gossip, all the ups and downs, but it's amazing that the good outweighs the bad. It actually takes away more stress than giving you more Stress, and to this day, one of the greatest forms of punishment is solitary confinement. Um, I, I, re- I uh, read a few weeks ago that Will Smith, uh, the actor, he's um, 49 years old, right? And he looks really good for a 49 year old man. And uh, on July 5th uh, of this year, he was on a podcast interview. And this is what he said about his wife. 
we don't even say we're married anymore. We refer to ourselves as life partners, where you get into that space where you realize you are literally, literally with somebody for the rest of your life. There are no deal breakers. There's nothing she could do ever, nothing that would break our relationship. She has my support till death, and it feels so good to get to that space. Can you imagine the kind of security that he gave his wife? There's nothing she could do to break this relationship. We are life partners. He chose community and said, there's nothing that's going to end that. And then he went on. He said, I've been to the top of money. I've had all the sex that I've ever wanted. I've had all the adoration. I've been to the top of all those material world mountains, and nothing makes you happy other than being useful to others. That's it. That's the only thing that ever will satisfy that thing is that you're doing something useful. Isn't that amazing? A celebrity who has all the money, fame, adoration, and means in the world, and he's able to control it and say, there's nothing satisfying except being useful to another human being. I am amazed that he chose community. I'm sorry for embarrassing Sam and Yuna, but um, when I was in high school, when I was a teenager, I was a junkie. A retreat junkie. I loved going on retreats, Christian youth group retreats. Um, I went retreat hopping. I was a revival meeting junkie. I was a mission trip junkie, a Sunday worship junkie, a Friday night church junkie. Anything related to church, I I just had to be there all the time and Honestly, it's because I was so lonely. And I wanted deeper relationships. I wanted something more fulfilling in my life. And excuse me for sounding dramatic, but I think I could honestly say the church saved me. That's exactly what I needed and was looking for in my life. Some of you know um, Pastor John Piper, his uh, website, Desiring God, uh, which was um, based on his book, Desiring God, which came out in the 1980s. Um, The last time I read it was as a teenager, so I want to share my um, understanding of his book. So give me some poetic license. You can read his book and say, Pastor Joe, that's not what his book means. But (laughs) to me, what it meant was... uh, He called it Christian hedonism. And to me what it means is a true hedonist, someone who truly pursues pleasure at all costs, a true hedonist will end up worshiping God because nothing else will satisfy them and fill their heart and fill their emptiness and give them significance and meaning in life. 
I believe that every religious person out there is doing it for selfish reasons. It's the only thing that gives them pleasure. I can honestly say I went to church for purely selfish reasons. I wasn't doing it to be a good person. I wasn't doing it to help others. I went to church. I served the church for purely selfish reasons. I'm always amazed when I meet non-Christian people who are addicted to community service. Did you ever meet those people? They love Special Olympics and serving the special needs community. Some of them love Habitat for Humanity. That's where I met my wife. Uh, Some of them love uh, homeless and soup kitchen ministry. And now some of them love justice ministry. And some of these non-Christian people, they're addicted to community service because it's the only thing that makes them feel good. But how much more should Christian people be serving God and loving God and worshiping at the feet of at the foot of God because nothing else will satisfy us nothing else will make us happy when i was in high school i man if i could log the hours that i gave to church it's like it was like my full time job uh i was like the chauffeur cuz i had a car i just drove people everywhere I was always at praise team practice. Like, that's all my memories of high school is, like, worship team practice. I remember one time the, there was a homeless man who somehow came to our church in Old Japan, Norwood, and he was asking everyone for money. And my youth pastor, I was, like, 16 or 17 at the time. My youth pastor gave him money, and he said, Joe, can you, can you kindly drive this man to the bus stop? So I was like, Okay. And it was an awkward drive in my car. Like, I'm like a teenager and, you know, homeless guy and like nothing to talk about. And I'm driving him to the bus stop. Um, man, I was thinking back, man, if, if my son was 17 and the youth pastor told him to do that, I'd be angry. <laughs> you know, if my pastor told me to rob a bank, I would have done it. I would have done anything for my pastors, my leaders, the church, because being part of the church was filling the emptiness in my life. Nothing could fill that. Sex, money, materialism, popularity, nothing could fill that. I met my wife at church, Habitat for Humanity mission trip. I met some of my best friends at church through church and ministry. The church saved me and it will continue to save me for the rest of my earthly life. I want to just throw in one more scripture. 1 John four 12, I'll just read it. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, um, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That's really amazing. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The church is the body of Christ. 
The church is the hands and feet of Christ. So if you want to know Christ, it's going to be through the church. If you want to feel his presence, his embrace, his warmth, it's going to be through the church. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, he lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Do not step back from community anymore. Do not turn your back on community anymore. Choose relationships, intimacy, fellowship, and go and build that community that you always dreamt being a part of. Make the sacrifices, put in the hours, do the work, and it will reap a tenfold return. I'm going to walk us through uh, communion. And together we will recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I want to remind you that communion is for Christians who have the assurance of salvation. It's a reminder that we're all sinners in need of the grace of God.